your girl, Shakara Mabone, Jada Vassar, and Anthony Brinson, and this is All Shades of Chocolate, where we bring the sweetest, the hottest, black, black culture, culture to MSU. After three weeks, a lot of mess, a lot of random occurrences, mm. we have the wonderful, the talented, the very great human being known as Demonte Thomas. We can give you a little clap. Thank you. How you feeling, man? Uh, great to actually be on here, you know, after three weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. His first debut, we were we thought we was gonna get his debut, but shout out Alex Walters, he pulled it off before us. So oh, shout out, but no, it was great to uh, have you get the jitters out and get your first experience being on the camera and stuff. If you wouldn't mind being a little closer to the mic when you uh, talking, but other than that, it is right. uh, yeah, yeah, that should be good. Again, getting your ASMR back. He was doing that right before the pop. We were like, oh, hey, here we go. On this episode, gonna be tough. Anyways, um, yeah. Just one of the first things that we were uh, discussing even before we started recording is how we met. So do you want to do your perspective first or vibe on um, how we met? You can do yours first. I'm so I love telling this story because, and it'll perfectly segue into just how talented this young man is. But I was in the communication arts and science building. If you guys aren't familiar with it, it's right next to the education building. And I was, I think I was coming from class. And if you guys are familiar with the Com Arts building, and if you aren't, there's a big lecture hall that most uh, uh, journalism students, when they take their first journal class, this is really where it, uh, it's um, the room you're in. What's the name? What's the guy's name again? Start with a P. The Perry professor. Parks. Perry Parks. Uh, shout out Professor Parks. But it was um, that class, and I had went in that room. I was walking past that room, and I heard a little tune on the piano. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. If I'm not, it was, were you, was the uh, All of Me by John Legend, was that yeah. what you playing at that time? Yeah, yeah. So I heard, I'm like, that's one of my favorite songs of, like, period. Like, who's playing that? And it sounded incredible. So I go in the room and see somebody on the piano. And in typical Anthony fashion, don't know who this person is. I just walk all the way down to him and be like, you are incredible. Like, I just have to tell you, like, you sound, I heard you all the way from, which I did, from the door where, like, the 33 bus stop is at the door by the gaming systems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you go out and then hit hit a left from the Comarts room, I'm like, I heard you all the way from there as I was about to leave out. Like, you literally stopped me in my tracks as I was oh, walking wow. out. I'm like, wow. gotta go back real quick. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I end up finding, like, one of the other times I saw him in there, he was wearing some anime merch, some Dragon Ball merch. So I'm like, oh, yeah, they, they, we gang for real. We, we could talk. <laughs> but, yeah, so from your perspective, how would that day go and then uh, with how we met and stuff? Yeah, um, basically, like you said, it was... um. I want to say the end of journalism 108 uh, with Perry Parks. Shout out Professor Parks. But, um, yeah, I was playing the piano like usual. And like you said, I was playing John Legend, uh, just practicing. And then I see you come in. And Anthony B. Anthony. No offense. Um, like, hi, how are you? you? You play so well. And I was like, thank you. Like, Nice to meet you. But um, we just like had like a great conversation about me playing that song, uh, my passion with playing piano, and I want to say after that day, um, there will like be like different instances where you'll see me, I'll see you, we'll say we'll both say hi, but I would like to say that that was like the first day, like our friendship was created, just yeah. like basically through like John, like if you want to be honest, so or just me playing piano, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I've always told people, not even just you, what impresses me most about people is when they can do something I can't do. Mm -hmm. And, like, I have a bit of experience with piano because I was in varsity choir, and I can mm -hmm. play you, like, middle C and all that. But the fact that, and you can talk about this once I say it, but, like, mm -hmm. you've taught yourself how to play, and, like, you yeah. play from ear. Like, when he started playing All of Me, he was like, yeah, I've been working on some other songs. 
I'm like, I'm sitting there like he just played like just out of the blue from his head. So that is such an incredible talent. I was telling you, the only person I'm familiar with in my life who can do that is my cousin. Shout out Renee. Mm-hmm. She can um play it. She taught herself how to play the piano. She plays by ear. So to meet someone else other than outside my family do that, I'm like, this is a talent that's just very rare. Yeah. So if you want to talk about how do you... I guess to just perfectly transition into the instruments you play, because mm-hmm. instruments with an S, I find out, don't you, you play more than just the piano, oh, correct? Yeah. So just to start at the piano, how did you, or why did you learn how to play the piano? And then could you talk about the process of learning? Yeah, so like basically piano is like one of the many instruments I learned how to play over the last couple of years. But I want to say it was ninth grade marching band. Um, shout out Mr. You were Manneke. also in marching band. Yes, okay. marching band. <laughs> Um, shout out to my band teacher, Mr. Manneke. But it was just like a regular day before we started class. I said, hmm, I want to like start playing the piano. So I just like started playing uh, Heart and Soul with like just one finger each. Like, dun, 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 like you get. Who's that song by? Uh, I'm not sure, but okay. it's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, you get this. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I did that, I said, okay, I'm going to learn some, um, who else was I playing? I can't remember his name, but I was, like, practicing this song. Like, if you speak to any of my other friends back at home, they'll say, okay, yeah, he was practicing that song for, like, weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just learned the piano, like, just like that. Now, if I'm being honest, I um, watched, like, a couple of YouTube piano tutorials, mm-hmm. but not, but not... I never took, like, any kind of piano lesson classes. Um, instructor never taught me or anything like that. It's kind of like, okay, I'll listen to the song a couple of times, pick up the melody, find a chord for that song, and then just put it together. And so. that's so incredible because how do you know what chord matches what note? Like, just to think about how singing works, mm-hmm. especially, and shout out L, she's also in here, and she also is, uh, sings and been in choir. To understand how to sing a certain note a certain way is hard enough. So to hear it and play it to emulate, it, it's such a phenomenal. Like how how do you do it, bro? Um, I'm not even sure, honestly. <laughs> like, um, if I'm being honest, I've been playing piano since ninth grade. I'm a sophomore for context, mm-hmm. and I still to this day do not know like the actual names of each key, like the white or black keys. I just memorized them. Um, yes, I have perfect pitch. Yes. Um, and you see, that's the thing. It's not like something everyone can have. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, you just have it. But, um, yeah, like basically it's like, okay, I'll listen to the song a couple of times, depending on the melody or depending on how fast it's going or how slow it's going. Listen to it a couple of times. Find like the, I'm not sure if the camera can see, but like find like the chords, whatnot, mm-hmm. and then just put it together rehearse it a couple of times and then that's the song so that is incredible man and it's just um like it's, i don't know if you're religious or not but it's like you're genuinely like just really blessed and talented yeah. and it's so incredible and i'm gonna um swing it over to jada and shakira um because i can imagine they have just as many questions as i do but i want to ask like i mentioned you do play multiple multiple instruments so what else do you play other than the piano so i want to say the first instrument that i Excuse me. Um, that I first played was I'm gonna say the baritone. That's the um, instrument. 
Yeah, it's like a tuba. Oh, okay. You know, like okay, it's cool. similar to a tuba. Uh, I want to say like sixth grade. Mm. Um, but beginning ninth grade all the way up to like my senior year, I played trumpet. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say I was a tenor. I'm mm. not sure. I'm not sure. I forgot. But trumpet and then around the same time, piano. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. And uh, Jada Shakira, if y'all want to y'all ask something. Why are you here today? Mm, that's a what is your purpose? Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'm basically here to show. You can cut this out if you need to. But basically show everyone who I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if most folks are not familiar, I am the new student affairs reporter mm-hmm. for yeah. the state news. Um, also, I'd like to gr- congratulate you on the great work you have been doing so thank far. you i appreciate as, it yeah yeah but um just let folks know that i'm here mm-hmm. and if you have any questions or news tips or whatnot just let me know uh, it may look like i'm like busy or like on the phone or whatever but i promise you i have the time so yeah i was gonna ask so how do you like you know the students affair reporter like talk about it. your work your recent work or whatever yeah so i love it um just talking to a bunch of people or students i should say hearing their stories and hearing basically their experiences on campus. And unfortunately, it's been mostly negative. Um, I feel as still as a reporter, my top priority is telling someone else's story, Mm. Uh, mainly if that story may never be told at all. Uh, That's kind of what really got me into journalism. But so far, being a student affairs reporter, I love it. I love each and every second. And, yeah, I just hope to continue the great work that I'm doing. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. And to give a real quick shout-out to Shakira, because I'm pretty sure Jada had a question as well. Mm-hmm. You have a very good – you and Jada and always shout-out to Maya as well. You have a good vision for talent. Because, like, same way you, student affairs reporter, like, she was the former podcast coordinator, now the position being called podcast editor. Mm -hmm. She knew I had a podcast and believed in me, and she believed in you that same way. So just thank thank you to Shakira for that. And, again, not even just Shakira. I was telling Elle earlier that All Saves of Chocolate wasn't my creation, my idea. It had really nothing to do with me. It was more so uh, Shakira and Jada and Samaya, to my understanding. So just for them to take that and then bring it to where it is now – dope for uh, both of y'all and this Amaya as well to do that and then for DeMonte as well objectively not even just because he's my friend but a pretty good student affairs reporter he, as soon as he got here he's getting yeah, stories he out like, I knew that I knew he's going to be on it too that's why I was mm-hmm. like yeah come be the student affairs reporter you know because yeah. I yeah. mean yeah like your work ethic is very impressive man I don't Thank say you. that to a lot of people so not even just as your friend your work ethic is great man Thank so, you appreciate hearing that No problem at all Dr. Bassett um, I don't have a question, but mm-hmm. shout out trumpets because clarinet and trumpets play the same mm-hmm. part in marching band. They, so we, I technically can really play a trumpet. Yes. So shout out to yes. the trumpets and the clarinets. They, yeah, shout out to them. Thank you. We talked about this on our uh, episode about um, just y'all being or you specifically being in marching band and stuff, and you were in marching band too, right? Yeah, yeah. Just the dynamic of the marching band and how everything comes together. It's that's also something very impressive. Like y'all play what we sing choir wise, and then. Sometimes, just keep it real, y'all do it better. So, Probably the y'all, strongest 
Y'all can survive in the marching band. Yeah, that was, again, one of the main things of Friday episode <laughs> as well. I'm not lying, for real. <laughs> was Jada was telling me how it's a sport, and once you break it down, it's like, hey, can't take nothing away from me. <laughs> but a, inter- a very interesting dynamic between you and Jada DeMonte, mm-hmm. y'all being on this podcast, is y'all both are twins. Yeah. Y'all both come from a set of twins, both two fraternal. Are you fraternal? Oh, uh, yes. Two fraternal twins. So just how is it from your perspective, especially a set of guys, how is it being a twin? And just how do you feel about it? Um, well... <laughs> I love it. I love it. I really do. I uh, appreciate my twin, TK. I uh, love Shout him to TK. death. Um, but yeah, just being a twin, it's like, it's been a great experience. Um, now, growing up, as like a little kid, like, fighting like, ah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been a great experience just telling people, like, yes. Yes. Um, so to give y'all context, mm-hmm. Elle is holding up certain questions <laughs> to ask from her perspective as well. If Would you ask? I, well, one question. I asked earlier if you had a perfect pitch, but uh, mm. what I just said, if you want to talk about it. Um, yeah, I have a, have a set of brothers that are actually twins, too. Um, they're you did tell me that. Thank yes. you, Elle, because that's a very dope. How does that dynamic work of you being a set of twins, and then you have a set of other brothers who are also twins? That is Sci- so, the science behind that is yeah. crazy. So, um, I know. yeah, the I fights going, they're going to oh, go crazy. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, um, it's pretty much just like a regular experience, like siblings' experience, whatnot. But being a twin, I would say, obviously has ups and downs. Like, yeah, my twin, like he's taller than me, scholar than me, you know. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, I love saying this: we're both smart. We're both excellent, and we are both going to do great things and bring some great positive joy into this world. So that is incredible. Mm-hmm. As um, does your does um. So do you? To my understanding, you have a brother that um isn't a twin, correct? Mm-hmm. Does he ever feel left out at all, or is is that ever a thing? <laughs> or um, I don't want to say he feels left out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the oldest, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just say like. It is what it is. Like, we're all just, like, just chilling, you know, if okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So I have a very interesting question. I've talked to Jada about uh, a few times as well. But with you being a twin, how do you carve out your own identity? How do you even, how do you separate from being the twin brother and just mm. being Demonte? Um, That's a great question. Um, I would say that growing up being a twin, of course, um, just being like fraternal, like we're not like identical. Like the shiny, you know the movie, the shiny, like the sort of mm, yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the two twins and all and whatnot. Uh, movie reference, but I would say I just kind of build like my own personality. Um, my twin TK, like we both have like different personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great thing actually. It's not like negative thing. Um, I would say for my personality, I just kind of like carved it out by myself at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, figured out, okay, there's some things I like same as him. There's some things I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like took that and just kept on going with it. If that makes sense. So, it does. It yeah. does. And from my understanding, from what you told me, you two obviously y'all both don't go to the same school. Mm-hmm. So how did that process go of like, separate from your brother like was it hard was it easy how did you make the decision to go to michigan state versus mm-hmm. where your brother was going yep so i will say for certain um when we both left um why i went to michigan state when he went to morehouse um shout out morehouse hbcu right yes shout out to him shout out to, shout him. Out to morehouse 
But I will say for certain, even though like, oh, I get to be by myself. But <laughs> Jack's side, um, I cried like when we left. Oh, wow. um, when Aww. he um, he was the first to leave, mm. um, and I will say I cried my eyes out like a baby mm. because it's kind of like I grew up with him. Um, he's he's like my first best friend. Um, so you know, just like the whole concept of. Oh, I'm going to Michigan State, which is PWI, and he's going to Morehouse with his uh, historically um, black college university. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, even though we're going our separate ways, we're both still connected. Not only like phone or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, like emotionally, spiritually, we're mm-hmm. both still connected. And going back to what I said, like we're both. Well, we are doing great things. You're going to continue to do great things. So, yeah. Yeah, man. And I have another interesting question, probably the most uh, interesting question of them all between twins. <clears throat> Who's the oldest? Who was born first? Uh, I feel like it's you. I plead fifth. Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, um, no, he was, um, TK was born first. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Do so, you? I'm the baby in the family. <laughs> do you know how your names was decided? Because usually twins, the names kind of pair up together. So how do you know how the process of like Demonte TK was there ever? Um, honestly, it's a story, but hey, no, you got not really. Yeah, like if I'm being honest, like TK and Demonte kind of sound. Oh similar. yeah, you're right. That is that second syllable. That is mm-hmm. yeah, okay, like that, the that syllables and whatnot. Um, what most people don't understand, like the name TK is it's like an actual name it's not like oh like a abbreviation of self like Trill Kennedy um <laughs> it's an inside joke uh family inside joke but um yeah no I don't really know like that whole process if that makes sense yeah uh if I'm being honest myself like how did that happen <laughs> but yeah no um my name is Damonte mm-hmm. and his name is TK mm-hmm. so um, I'm taking it all back to English class. Listen, like, hey, give us the lesson, like, bro. Like, duh, my Like, you get it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I hope that, you know, answers it. So, it definitely did. Yeah. And um, with you being a part of such a unique family, I want to say shout-out to your family as well. Mm-hmm. And with the career paths y'all have chosen, I'm not familiar with your brother's uh, career path. If you want to inform me during your answer, you can. But mm-hmm. just in general, to take a more serious approach of Shakira asking, why are you here? Why did you become a journalist? What about the field of journalism intrigued you? So if uh, most people, which I imagine don't know, uh, I am from Flint, Michigan, born and raised. Okay. Shout out to Flint. Um, but we experienced a Flint water crisis. Mm. And as an elementary schooler, uh, being told like one day, oh, well, you're no longer going to be able to drink like the water um, through water fountains or just seeing how our city was portrayed in different media organizations, some positive, some negative, um, that just kind of already awakened something inside of me that said, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, I want to become a journalist, tell stories that are not being told because fortunately, um, Flint's story was told, um, but there are like many other stories that are, are not told like Benton Harbor, Michigan, Jackson, Mississippi, uh, list can go on and on that don't even get like coverage on like nightly news and whatnot. Um, but with Flint, like the water crisis being like the push 
I kind of always wanted to be a reporter. Mm. Um, I remember telling my grandma when I was like a child. Uh, I'm still a child, but, <laughs> you know. Um, when I was like a little baby, uh, getting ready for school each and every morning. I watched the news, uh, especially those snow days. Mm. Just oh yeah, we all soon yeah, those snow days. It, it like it was uh, NFL draft or whatever. But. I just want to say my school never got canceled. So oh. <laughs> which, wait, which school are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about like elementary, but CPA uh, too. Bro, they, they never. Joe used to be so funny, <laughs> but keep going. That's my stop. <laughs> It'll be like next. Don't get me started. <laughs> but yeah, um, I told my grandma. I used to always tell her every once in a while. Granny, I want to be the man with the microphone. I want to be the man with the microphone. That is so adorable. Um, so in a way, like now, I'm the literally the man with the microphone. Um, I think like the word microphone itself, it could be mean like any other thing, like the man with the pen, the man with whatever. And only just have to be like the man with the microphone can be the one with the microphone, whatnot. But I think that just kind of pushed me to journalism and basically where I'm at right now. Uh, I hope that I'm setting a great example to those that want to pursue journalism mm-hmm. because if those that are familiar with journalism, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But we have a responsibility not only to ourselves, but to the people that we work for, um, to the people that we write these stories on behalf of or just serve their communities. Um, but yeah. With your uh, career in journalism so far, and it doesn't even have to be just the state news, mm-hmm. but what's been your favorite thing you've produced, whether it be a story, a video, mm-hmm. a photo, because he's very great with the camera as well, another yes. thing, but just what's been the best piece of journalistic work you've produced? I would say for sure, um, just talking to many student organizations, mainly student organizations of color, mm-hmm. um, BSA, Black Student Alliance, um, or MSU NAACP, um, just writing stories on the ongoing racial and harassment incidents that's been happening on the campus for God knows how long. Um, just writing stories like that, making sure people are aware of what what is happening, what is continuing to happen, I feel as though that's, in my opinion, my greatest accomplishment. Um, Because I was always taught uh, education matters. Um, So education through reading an article on um, black students facing racism or reading an article on um, Asian students or whoever just urging the university to do more and addressing the racism and the harassment and whatnot on campus, I feel as though that's education. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bunch of people need that education. Um, but I would say for sure, just writing stories like that is uh, my greatest accomplishment so far. <clears throat> I want to ask, with you writing those type of stories, and you mentioned it while being a student affairs reporter so mm-hmm. far, the coverage has kind of been more negative than positive. Does that weigh on you at all in terms of having to take that on your shoulders and being in the position of um, working for the state news and being a student affairs reporter? Is, that, is it hard on you at all, or do you just, does it come with, does it go naturally? I would be lying if I said at some point it didn't feel like, okay, this is getting out of hand, just writing these stories. Because I fortunately, I will tell these stories if they are happening. But mm-hmm. I don't want to tell these kind of stories because it should not ever happen. 
um, especially as a black student going to a PWI, um, that itself is kind of like, okay, well, leaving out the black journalist aspect, at the end of the day, I'm still a black student mm. who may or may not go through the same experiences that I'm writing about. So, yeah, at some point, it kind of just weighs in, but I always have to remind myself these stories, they need to be told. Um, and, like, basically, if I don't tell the stories or if state news don't tell the stories or whatnot, they may never get told, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of, like, my um, my philosophy when it comes to journalism, if that makes sense. It definitely does make sense. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, and at first I was throwing through my head, like, should we talk about this, should I ask this? And if you're not comfortable answering it, then you don't have to, mm-hmm. but... It was randomly brought up to me the other day, so, and you relate uh, to it heavily with you being uh, impacted by it. But it's no secret, at least to out in this newsroom and even outside of this newsroom, some of the um, unfortunate events that have happened recently, more so to just say it more specifically, the Monkey Day situation that happened. Mm-hmm. And obviously we, um, we haven't addressed it on this podcast yet, but I feel comfortable asking you more specifically. With that happening right around the time, if I'm not mistaken, you were just becoming student mm-hmm. affairs reporter. How did that make you feel, one? And then how did you make the decision to still work for the state news and represent the state news after that? Um, so thank you for asking me that question, honestly. Um, the whole incident, uh, when I first found out about it, it was like embarrassment, if I'm being honest. Because like you mentioned, I uh, just had an interview on the previous week uh, for a student affairs reporter and got the position and then the monkey day incident happened. I'm thinking, wow, like this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was a mixture of embarrassment, confusion, and a little bit of anger, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why anger? I don't want to say anger, but I'm trying to find a word. I don't, I don't just disappointed yeah perhaps? disappointment yeah. yes I don't yeah and I don't ask that to shy you away from it. I mm-hmm. want you to explain why you felt that way yeah yeah and it's um basically when that happened it was like well keep I'm working for a news organization which unfortunately has the history of controversial things especially uh-huh. with the coverage of the 1989 um, BSA sit-in. Um, if you don't know, you don't, um, or just any kind of coverage. So I'm thinking, wow, this is really happening before I start my position. Mm-hmm. So my decision to stay with state news, I was with it 100% because my mentality is if I leave now, uh, what kind of example am I setting to the young black boy, potentially back in flat, who wants to become a journalist or mm-hmm. To anyone um, who are still in school who wants to become a journalist, what kind of example am I setting if I just let this yeah, you run? too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what kind of example am I setting if I let this one incident that should have never happened mm-hmm. get to me? Mm-hmm. Where it, in journalism, uh, and unfortunately, come next Tuesday, um, we will be covering more unfortunate things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, well, I can't let this get to me. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, I have a job. I have a responsibility. Uh, state news reporter or not, I'm still a journalist. So that's my personal responsibility. 
to make sure that our voices are getting heard. Um, the voices from any student on campus is getting the coverage that it deserves mm-hmm. and make sure that they know for a fact that their feelings are valid. Um, yeah. Everything that they think, um, they see, they feel it is 100% valid. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I really appreciate your answer. And to give our audience more context of what the situation we're referring to, just in case you guys don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll try to explain it the best way as possible. So the state news produces a newsletter. I think every day, every mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. is every, Weekly. Every weekly. weekly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a day that, from my understanding, that they need, there was a lack of ideas available for the newsletter this day. And with how I was also informed the newsletter works is that we make money off this newsletter. So it needs to get produced on the days that it needs to get produced. And the person who was writing the um, newsletter, I'm not sure and I'm not too comfortable exposing the person, quote unquote, but most likely if you know about the situation, you know who it is. But they wrote the newsletter and they decided to do it on Monkey Day. And it, was a, um, it also included a video of a, a monkey peeling a banana. Mm-hmm. And while I talk about the situation all the time, and it's like, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. The reason why this was so impactful, one, if I just left it there, most people, more especially most black people, can understand the issue here. Mm-hmm. But the issue, the main issue was that this was right after we did coverage on a black student suffering racism on this campus. Right. And we it even got as extreme as people apparently calling into the state news and saying that we view that young man, or we view black people as monkeys due to that Monkey mm-hmm. Day incident, which is freaking absurd. Mm-hmm. But... This impacted the black community of the uh, state news and just the black community of MSU immensely because, one, it's a PWI. It's not a lot of black students here as well. But like DeMonte also referenced the 1989 sitting of the BSA, we almost had a 2024 version of that as well. And we, to also give our audience and anybody else who would be wondering context, we're doing our, we have done our part as the black students, a part of this newsroom to make sure that this story or this situation doesn't get buried and to even talk about it on this platform that we have now. At the end of the day, what the unfortunate truth was for the people outside this newsroom was that mm-hmm. we are the black students that work for the racist organization. And the reason why I want to put quotation marks over that for a reason, because based on what actually goes on in this newsroom and this podcast even existing. I don't feel that the organization that we work for is racist, but I do understand the perspective of somebody else outside this newsroom who does not know the situation or does not know us or does not listen to this podcast or doesn't know what goes on in this newsroom. Mm -hmm. And another reason why I ask or I bring it up specifically for you is because during this situation, you acknowledged and expressed that being specifically the student affairs reporter while this is going on, it's just, it wasn't the best look at the time. So with having that, how did you maneuver that when when it was fresh? Because even now, even with it not being fresh, quote unquote, like I mentioned, somebody randomly walked up to me at my other job and was like, hey, how'd y'all handle that Monkey Day situation was going on? And my heart sunk because I'm like, wow. Like, I genuinely had did not realize that this, like, people know about this. So how did you handle it? Especially being the student affairs reporter out of all positions. So when I first approached, Start officially started work at State News. I just got to work, honestly. Um, now, personally, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, wow, um, this is an answer that should never have happened. And this has happened and when I wasn't even employed at the State News. Um, but as not only a student affairs reporter, but as a black journalist, we historically talked to um, black student groups like BSA or MSU and ACP. Um, so my thoughts was, okay, instead of 
just approaching it at like the corporate way, approach it as like any kind of way that as a black student I would, uh, which is just be frank. You don't got to yeah. hold back. Just basically. Sorry. No, you good. Yeah. Take your time. Say what's on your mind. This whole part can get edited out. Sorry. No. Or get edited together or whatnot. But um, basically just take my job one day at a time sure. because I knew and I still know that with the Monkey Day incident, that still to this day do not sit well with a bunch of student organizations, mm-hmm. uh, black, white, whatever, uh, personally still don't sit well with me mm. uh, since it happened. Uh, but my mentality is just take it one day at a time, uh, work on what I have to, and just keep moving forward because that's all we can do at the end of the day, just keep moving forward. Now, I'm not saying forget what happened because we should never forget what happened in that newsletter. Uh, but we need to take what we learned from that experience uh, and use it to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And to also give our audience more context in terms of just how we've done or what we've done moving forward, I'm going to first acknowledge that the situation wasn't okay. No matter how it happened, no matter when it happened, mm-hmm. especially when it happened, uh, with it happening in general, it was not okay. Mm-hmm. And the people in this newsroom know that, the person who made the uh, error knows that, and we know that as well. And whether you guys may unfortunately not see what goes on in here since you don't work here, all four of us, really all of the people in this room, L included, have done the best we can to represent the people of color in this newsroom and on this campus and to talk about that it's not okay. Because even, I think it was L specifically, who mentioned that a lot of times it was it, like it or the situation. Even I started off by saying the situation instead of saying what actually happened. And that unfortunately is what happens to our culture and our people pretty much daily but if you want if you don't want to overdo it or OD and say daily very frequently and even though I'm pretty sure all four of you guys know personally that I've been experienced with an issue that to give y'all context what ended up happening nothing happened there was a situation that happened with me and a, a white individual I won't get into context here because it took not to take it uh the spotlight away from this but nothing happened I was physically assaulted by a white person and nothing happened and if the roles were reversed if the monkey day situation roles were reversed we are very aware what would happen if it was a black person or a black student. So for us I'm to even say it, we would have been kicked out. Yeah, I, we would have been fired. <laughs> in my what? situation, if it was reversed, I'd probably be dead. So yeah. that's just the truth of these situations. And to have that in the back of our mind, like, dang, we just got to deal with it. Like that's sometimes the expectation. And it's always or almost always the reality It's just we have to deal with it. Now, luckily, oh. and I see L, L about yeah. to uh, comment on it as well. Hopefully, uh, you spoke really loud last time, so it may not I can they may hear you. Yeah. I was just going to say, you being physically assaulted by a white person did not happen at work. It did not happen at this job. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, but it did not it happen was... at the State News. It happened at the Breslin Center. Also, earlier, when he was talking about the articles for Monkey Day and the Black Student, uh, they were physically back-to-back on the same yeah. page. Yeah. So it was, the headline uh, looked like... It there was, was talking of, yeah. Student, so to give context um, for the viewers and listeners, thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, with each uh, newsletter that is produced, um, basically we would have the top story of the morning or top story of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, on this day, 
it just happened to be okay not only the monkey they captioned in a video of the orangutan the banana but unfortunately it was in the top story of that morning was the story that uh, one of our reporters have done um, talking about interviewing one of the students talking about their experiences as a black male student here at Michigan State University um, the racism they have endured the harassment and whatnot and it's not just him it's countless other students so when you put two and two together mm-hmm. it's it's I, it's a I, I'm biting my tongue because I don't want to curse on podcasts um, but it's, I'll say it. What you was gonna say? It's <laughs> messed up. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. And, um, and yes. No, you can keep going. My bad. But um, yeah. Basically, it just ju- juxtaposed. I, I'm I'm not sure if I'm the saying. juxtaposition just, between. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I see what you're saying. Yeah, but um, that just made it even worse, honestly. So. Yeah, I mean, just to use your word, hopefully I use it right, just to, mm-hmm. the juxtaposition between yeah. having a story of a black student experiencing racism and then right next to it a story about a monkey and making it seem, at least to really everybody, but to people outside this newsroom that it was combined and when it wasn't supposed to be is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just bad. Yeah. And historically judgment. speaking, sorry. No, um, it's okay. For those that don't know, term monkey being used in term of... Uh, black person it is and has for for decades has been considered a slur um same as the n-word or any other term that i'm not going to repeat on this podcast um but to have monkey day and the top story talking about a black student talking about their experiences of racism um on msu campus um i don't know it, it it's a wild situation i say wild because it's it sounds crazy just talking about it or just saying it yeah um sounds like something that is made up but it's real so and i'd want jada to end this uh segment on her end or her thoughts because if you guys aren't aware we are <clears throat> me and jada are the diversity representatives of this newsroom mm-hmm. and before i give it to jada to just give her thoughts in general and her speaking about it i'd want to just acknowledge that and it's just unacceptable. And I want to say to the black students here at MSU that you matter. The uh, young man, I'm, I hopefully I, I don't want to pronounce it too wrong, Mikeese, I end up reaching out to him personally. We met up, we talked about it. And really, actually, he's a great guy. Most of the conversation wasn't even about the monkey day situation. But the parts that were, I told him that just from black student to black student, it was just unacceptable. And it hurt me to see him hurt and to hear his hurt. And for him to even be seen as the face of even just the face of black students was an error for it to uh, seem like that and then for it to be combined with the monkey day situation it was just very disappointing especially working for this newsroom knowing the standard that we try to show it we didn't meet that as a newsroom and it was very unacceptable and to all the black students that are here not only do you matter you deserve to be here you did the work to get here at the predominantly white institution and it being a pwi doesn't make it any good or bad but we know how certain things go in the world in terms of black people having opportunities and we have to fight for them very much tooth and nail almost every day and especially black women specifically go through things that no person especially no man can understand so just to have these situations happen to our community hurts and 
just like we've always had to put our hands up and be like, well, that's just another situation that happened. But I've spoken enough, and I would really appreciate it if Jada were to uh, just to take the mic here as the other diversity representative here. <laughs> I don't mean to lie, but when you think about this situation, I mean, it's, it's, it's not really much to say, but it's just a shame, you know? I mean, it's 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 kind of what I said. Like, um, like Anthony was saying, we've had countless meetings about this issue. We're trying not to let this issue die because it's something that I want to keep fighting for in my own career social justice issues and the black community are things that I always want to talk about and I'll never start talking about it till I leave this earth that revolves around black mental health, black family trauma, black bonding and all of that ties into the things that I want to fight for with my journalism career but to have it be put in the place that I considered my work and the place that I did my working for it it just kind of flipped the perspective for me for a lot of things and you know it just took a lot of conversations and a lot of Breaking down that as a black person, you automatically have to do when talking to somebody and getting them to understand your side. But to do it here, it just kind of flipped my perspective of where I am and how I always have to, you know what I'm saying? Just keep that guard of they're never really going to understand you. You know what I mean? Like they can say that they understand. They can say that they want to do this for you. They can say that they want to be there for you. But they're not going to really understand. And even in the conversations we've had, we've made very good progress. And I'm very proud of the work that we're going to do here and the work that you guys are going to be able to see being viewers and, you know, hearing all all the things we're going to continue to talk about on this podcast. But it's the hurdles that you have to jump through to get to that ending. And it's the hurdles that... It kind of makes like the people who are affected relive and it's kind of those situations to where if you're not black you're never really going to understand like we can paint this beautiful picture up here about how it felt and how do we find out and what were our first initial reactions but the real reaction like the words that we can't even say or like the reaction we can't even put into words you'll never feel that unless you're black but I know some black people out there that felt that way which is why I want you know me Anthony have had conversations and want to make sure that we hear you guys we know what you're saying we understand why you feel the way that you do and we're gonna fix it let me I'm gonna be honest with you I don't know how but we're gonna fix it we're gonna try our best to to, if we can't put it back to where it was we're gonna keep going because that's all we can do now like you were saying Demonte we can only keep going forward but with going forward, I also feel like it puts me me and Anthony specifically being diversity reps and kind of everybody here at this table and the perspective to we got to put the fear aside, the fear that comes with speaking out and the fear that comes with knowing that I could talk for 20 minutes, but you're only going to hear five minutes of what I have to say. But you got to put that aside because you'll never get to the root or get to what you want to fix unless you combat that fear. Now, I'm not saying that's not going to come with consequences because I'm sure we've dealt with all of our experiences of trying to combat that fear and talking about our issues and just being shut down and not heard. And you know what I'm saying? Just not getting the result that we wanted. But it's that that you have to keep doing because once people see that you're going to keep doing that, they're going to hear you eventually because nobody's about to be yapping in your ear. You're just not about to hear him at least one point or another. You know what I'm saying? But it's just that part that if you see us do it, like I like kind of Demonte was saying, I want us to be the example for the freshman black kids or even the eighth graders or the, you know, the seniors in high school who are thinking about colleges and thinking about what they want to do with their lives and how they really want to uplift themselves and uplift the communities they come from. We are those examples. We all in our dreams and aspirations want to do that. We want to be bigger than where we've came from. But to do that, 
it comes with a word I can't say on the mic, but BS. <laughs> it comes with the BS that we have to go through and, you know, the stuff that sometimes we got to rub off our shoulders. Like Anthony said, he goes to, he went through a situation where nothing happened. But sometimes you got to rub that off your shoulder and keep going because nobody's going to let you dwell and wander in that situation. It sucks, but it's something we have to do. But we want to shoulder that for you guys. We want to, you know, take that burden on and show you guys that this institution, this organization truly means what they say when they mean they care about the black students here. They care about the coverage. And trust me, you're going to see it. You want to know why you see it? Because we're in those budgets telling them to put it in there. We're in those meetings telling them that, no, this story needs to be on the front page. This story needs to be right here. The first thing people are going to read is going to be that story. And when y'all read it, man, we got some story for our Black History Month print issue. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. eating with that one. Look out for stories from me and Devonte. Oh yeah, look out for stories for them, <laughs> them for real. But it's it's that drive that all of us are doing. Them being the reporter side, and then us being the more like organizational or you know editor stance. We're all it's a it's a t- collaboration. Whether you see us talking or not, it's all a teamwork effort for you. We're doing the work to show you that yes, we are here, and yes, this is they're telling the truth. I know it's hard to listen. I didn't want to listen either, and I'm here. But listen, because we're here, and if you can't listen to them, listen to us, because we telling the truth. But yeah, it's a shame. I ain't gonna hold you. Know. That day, yeah. I was like, "Are you serious? Are you really serious?" Like, like, yeah. like, like you said, uh, you know, you can be a journalist. You, you know, you can do different things in your career, but you're always gonna be black first. So that black side of me, I was like, "Are you serious?" You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, oh, it's the other racist white institution, you know, doing the racist thing. But I'm like, wait, I work here. So it's not the so white racist way. institution. <laughs> but how do I tell that to y'all? Because y'all not going to believe me yeah. and y'all are sure not going to believe them. So that's kind of the position we have right now. But trust us. Just stay with Stick with us. If you stick with us, you're going to see. Stick with us. Stick with us. Yeah. And you mentioned something important. That's just the unfortunate truth of having to keep moving forward. Because what's unfortunately true is that these issues are not going to stop in the world. I have got a quote from my dad that he said, racism is never going to go away, like period. And unfortunately, with how time has showed us, that that's unfortunately true. Mm-hmm. People are always going to have hate in their heart. There's always going to be negativity in, your, in people's hearts. And if we let that stop us, then we won't tell our story. And we won't be able to tell y'all story and elevate everyone to get to where y'all want to be on the mountaintop. We will and not be silenced. We won't be silenced. This is literally a podcast, so our job, we get paid to talk. And before we transition into the uh, less serious things, I want to say a big thank you to the organizations like the NAACP mm-hmm. and the BSA because BS needs to be called out. And if nobody ever said nothing about it, we, we probably wouldn't even know about it. I wouldn't have known about it right. if nobody would have brought it up to my attention. So thank organizations like y'all thank the people who come to us even upset like hey this is some bs why are y'all not talking about this and i luckily realized during this recording like we didn't even discuss it on the podcast either because unfortunately sometimes we're um i forget the word i, was, I think doctrinated is the word i want to use mm-hmm. to not talk about these things mm-hmm. to not to brush it pat or brush it off our shoulders to just let it go or get through it or as uh, one person said if you know this reference to shut up and dribble pretty much <laughs> so that's what's been the um, demeanor people hold towards the black community for almost since the beginning of time. So thank you to the people who called it out. And we wouldn't even be here talking about this without y'all. So thank all of you who are listening and thank you all for mentioning this. With that being said, with transitioning more to um, other topics on the uh with Demonte being on this episode. Well, first of all, I just want to give you another thank you for being here. Yeah, no, because thank you for 
letting me come on here yeah. after three weeks too. Yeah, you know. even though I, we jo- uh, we jokingly said uh, talked about it, like things go on in our lives yeah. a lot, almost every day. So for you to sit to, uh, sit and have the time to still be here and to still answer these questions, talk about yourself, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Like I mentioned, when we first met, you were wearing anime merch, and mm-hmm. specifically Dragon Ball Z merch. So I want to tell the people why Dragon Ball Z is the greatest anime of all time. But also, really just talk about how uh, your love for anime and what does it mean to you. And again, do put an emphasis that Dragon Ball is the greatest anime of all time. But yeah, yeah. Like Anthony said, Dragon Ball is the greatest yep, yep. anime of all time. <laughs> um, I said that with a lot of bias, because um, I want to say Dragon Ball Z Kai uh, specifically Dragon Ball Z Kai, not Dragon Ball Z. Mm, okay. Dragon Ball Z Kai was the first, well, not the first anime I watched, but the first one I actually actually sat down to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it had to be like the Ginyu Force saga or like the Frieza saga. Hey, take it be back. Yeah, man. Like um, That just kind of got me into anime, really. Um, I am currently watching... I still have yet to see Chainsaw Man. It's um, good. I've watched a few episodes and then read a bit of the manga. Mm, um, Tokyo Revengers, first season, man. You hipped it. It's great. Bad it's great. Listen. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the uh, the second one that Me came out but. Uh, since it moved to Hulu. Everything, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just love um, like the culture itself, especially like the culture has within uh, the black community. Um, now, if most of you don't know, uh, Megan Thee Stallion, of all people, she is a huge anime fan. She is. Um, I'm trying to think. Did she ever say like what her favorite anime show is? Or if I were to take a guess based on how much she uh, has showcased, it would be My Hero Academia. Okay. Like she's yeah. cosplayed as Todoroki. Mm-hmm. She's talked about My Hero a lot. But again, she likes just anime in general, so I don't know specifically her favorite. My personal guess would just be My Hero Academia. Yeah, and I think she's supposed to actually um, go to some kind of con. I forgot the name. Yeah. The anime con, like, a few months from now, I it, think. It makes the kid in me happy to see how represented anime is. Like, okay. just very recently, as recent, I can remember, like, middle school, like, I remember being bullied for, like, anime. Like, I bring Pokemon cards to class, and people's looking at me weird. <laughs> Still, still to this day, or very recently, uh, an adult asked me, it was like, why do you watch that weird stuff? Or those weird cartoons. And it's like, like if you really, that's the main answer. But it's like, if you get it, it's one of those, like, if you get it, you get it things. Mm-hmm. Everything isn't for everybody, so anime isn't going to be for everybody. But just, I've, I wrote a paper about this. I've talked about it on my own personal podcast. I talk about it with y'all as much as y'all listen to me talk about it. The impact that anime has had on the world, specifically the black culture, it feels as though two cultures collaborating to have a voice and with um obviously uh, asian culture and japanese culture they've had their own struggles with america but struggles in general in the world so to get their voices heard and then for the black community to um combine themselves with that and we all get our voices heard as the minority it really just makes me happy and then to see like usher dressed up as gojo like, I've, I haven't stopped talking about this since he did it. He's a shout out him about to perform in a Super Bowl, go 49ers. But um, <laughs> um, to see people openly express it, like people like Bruno Mars is a JJK fan. Like, what happened? Uh, L is alarmed. I didn't touch anything, but it, it stopped. Oh, crap baskets. All right. Well, so 
Um, I swear to you, I didn't touch it. No, I see you out the corner of my eye, you didn't touch it. So this has also been a, a random issue sometimes. The podcast will just stop. Maybe it's just tired of us. Maybe low-key, though. We don't know. Do you think but it's trying to silence us? It will save, see, but like <laughs> since it stopped like this, is it getting picked up by the computer? But luckily, the cameras have great audio. So luckily, Brad, if you can keep uh, the audio from this, from here forward, you can. But if... If something doesn't work out, then we can work it out. Maybe we'll have to have like a separate YouTube and like put a disclaimer that the audio didn't it stopped at a certain point. I'll, me the and Brad are trying to take care of that from the it audio. It worked all the last time I looked up, it was at forty-seven minutes. Mm. So if it did cut out, the only thing it missed was your conversation on anime. Yeah. Oh, like it did. Like it didn't just cut out. It cut out a few minutes ago. I just looked up and it stopped. But the oh. time, the last time that I had seen it was at forty-seven minutes. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. Me and Brad are trying to do our best for the editing. Crazy enough, if I'm not mistaken, well, nope. Because I'll best say this only happened while shades of chocolate. But I remember you was at the computer what time and it stopped. Was that me and L? It was. It happened so, to us. So yeah. I don't know what is up with us and the podcast stopping. But yeah, thank you guys for even sticking with us even after the audio was ended, which is crazy. But um. Just to continue on, dang, there lost my train of thought from that. But just to see the representation anime gets in general, it just it really makes me happy. And yeah. like I mentioned, we got people like, and these are big names like Usher, Bruno Mars, Megan Thee Stallion. Those are big names, especially big black names. In Bruno the, like, Mars community. isn't black. Yeah, he's not. Oh, black. dang! You know what? Thank y'all for my. I forget. Right? No. Right? Bro, I didn't mistaken that so many times. He is not a black man. Right? Right? He's Filipino. Uh, Port- Filipino, color, though, Puerto Rican, but, and Ashkenazi yeah. Jewish. Out of everything she just named, black is not one crazy. Shout out Bruno, though, because yeah. you could have fooled me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, like we've mentioned, or like I've mentioned and alluded to before he's even gotten on this episode, this is a man of many talents. So he has a prop with him behind him if he'd want to show it. This man can also draw and paint. That was you? Yes! If you want to show both cameras, or just just show this one so that way it may see it both of it. But just, one, if you'd be comfortable talking about what this painting represents just in general. Because it's really, it's a fascinating little, little, uh, oh yeah, shout out uh, Jada. She's going to hold it on uh, this side as well. You take questions? She's going (laughs) to. But, um, yeah, so if you could talk about the meaning of this uh, portrait you've uh, painted. And just in general, how'd you learn how to paint, what it means to you, just... Take it away, man. So I would like to put a full disclaimer that someone, I've seen someone else on Instagram do like the original frog laying in a bed saying, man. Mm-hmm. Or not even me, but like the painting. But I just kind of expanded on it. Uh, I added like the whole buildings and the Coca-Cola sign, the rug, the glass of water or whatever. Um, but it was, I was in Texas and just painting it. Um, just like during like vacation and whatnot for Thanksgiving. Uh, took me three hours to sketch, well, three hours total. At least an hour to sketch it. Uh, just to make sure that everything's like, okay, this is how I want it. Um, then like extra two, just like paint the overall canvas. Um, now, the message that I love that this painting gives is this frog could be saying man for like whatever reason. Um, he could be saying man because he forgot to turn off his light on his dresser um, because of the bright um, billboard lights or the Coca-Cola sign uh, or because he tries to a window um, <laughs> or because simply he left his glass of water on the side of the room. Um, but this painting has a message in it and it basically matters from like who looks at it. I would say so, but yes, uh, 
painting that, um, I painted a different Kermit the Frog painting, which I don't have with me. Um, but I just love drawing and painting. So, yeah. How long have you been painting? So, I want to say the past year. Like, I always would just like draw and do like little doodles or whatever, like actually painting. Um, I think that's like my greatest accomplishment. Like, I'm that's my baby, so. But, um, yeah, no, I've been painting for, I think, almost a year now. So. That's so impressive that, like, in just a year's time, like, you can produce something like this. And then the thought process of, like, the, like, what could he mean in the painting and just getting the idea, like, again, friend or not, you're just a very talented individual. And what I've also noticed that I want to ask you about is you're a very soft-spoken individual. And I just want to ask... Like, does that come more naturally or like, because obviously everybody has emotions and I can imagine certain things get you riled up. I'm messing with you with one of them about the Lions losing and the story. I heard, I heard you acting up in this, in this newsroom, but just no with, <coughs> with the things that go on. I'm going to mention that too. Right, yeah. So try me, after this, this is going to segue into that. But just with the things that go on in this world and even when like your patience is, ten, is uh, tested or just in general, how do you keep such a, a soft-spoken uh, demeanor about yourself? Well, I'm trying to think. You just say F them? Okay. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no. I was always taught. Well, not always taught, but at some point in my life I was taught, well, um, you just have to keep yourself in a cool manner-ish way. Um, I guess the way I talk, it really depends on the way I feel. Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, I can get angry. Mm -hmm. I can get mad. Um, I'm a good person, but I'm not a nice. I'm just kidding. But no, um, <laughs> no. But no um, I never really thought of like myself being soft, like soft spoken. Because mm -hmm. um, if you guys like know me, like I I talk like louder than. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to talk about it for like like this, for the sake of whoever's listening. I don't want to burst airy drums, whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, it's just well, if it's like something messed up, I say, well, okay, just try to keep myself in control, keep myself calm, and whatnot. Um, but Super Bowl. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. I heard you was really out of character. And shout out Elle for even hosting. A, um, they hosted a watch party for the Lions game in the newsroom. Shout out Elle, the work she's done as staff representative. Again, from going from Shakira to uh, Shakira and Jane to Elle, all of y'all have done a pretty good job as being staff reps. Listen, but I, I, try. <laughs> staff I, rep, is, it, it's some work. It's a piece of work. I'm just saying. Like, we try. We try. So. <laughs> but we it's very needed, and thank y'all, and you more specifically since your current staff rep, Elle, for the work you've done so far. I've seen it. It's been, it's been really dope. You guys make it fun. Oh, we appreciate that. But, um... Yeah, man, I heard you was real out of character. So talk about it. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's tell the news. Let's talk about it. Let's what get this out of my Uh-oh. 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 He didn't took the glasses off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shaking his head, man. Well, it's a handsome young man right there. I got to tell us so much. Right? Look at that adorable face. Um, it was fourth quarter. Mm. Oh, it started in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Okay. Now, I will say, um, leading up to the fourth quarter, everyone's in like great spirits, of course. Yeah, the whole you know, world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> greatest 
spirits, <laughs> I would say. The beginning of the game. We're like, okay, we got this. Being cocky, whatever. Uh-huh. Sec- like, second half, like, okay, we got this. They scored, but, you know, yeah. we just have to keep doing what we're doing. Don't let them score anymore, and we're going to the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. <laughs> Halftime. It was, okay, we still have this, but now they're actually starting to play the game. Uh-huh. So, third quarter was the beginning of the end. <laughs> I know that sounds dramatic. No, I mean, no, it, it that's where it all went wrong. Let's just say it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, and shout out to the 49ers, even though they're most likely not watching this live. Hashtag <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> um, they just kept scoring, scoring after scoring. Each play that they ran was great. Uh, well, the Lions, unfortunately, something happened after that halftime. To where fourth quarter it was almost unwatchable. Um, the last, I want to say, two minutes. The last two minutes. At that point, you guys could like I was, I was fuming. fuming. <laughs> I was mad. I'm thinking like we did this great. We came this far all season for two minutes. Uh, after the game was over, I was just. I heard you threw something. Let, let, let's talk about it. Uh, my phone. <laughs> but it's okay, by the way. You know. But um, I was like, all season long, we come to this moment just to lose. Uh, I went a whole tirade. It, 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 in a good way, of course. Uh, sports, sports, whatever. But I was saying, forget the Chiefs. Forget the Niners and forget us sure too. This ain't stuff. <laughs> now let's wait. Oh my god, bro! I have to. I have to look up the camera for this. Okay. I was mad during the moment. Uh, the moments after we lost, the whole country was rooting for the Lions. So I said. Forget Usher? I don't mean that. I'm sorry, Usher. I'm, I'm sorry. Man, yeah, shout out Usher, bro. You know, emotions emotions get high, especially with sports. And especially, like, you you pretty much stole my next words. I was talking to my dad, and we're, especially him, we're kind of, we're used to this. Like, unfortunately, as if you were to ask people in the newsroom, I kept saying, like, go for it now. Like, they're going to win because the Lions just have a way of lionsing it up. And, like, you get a good season, the best season they'd have had. So you jinxed us. Statistically ever. Well, wouldn't a jinx be if I cheered well, for the Lions and then, or said it was going well? I don't know. But he know, put but bad negative energy in the air by saying, I just oh, put we, the truth. I just put the truth, bro. The Lions have, they've been doing this. They've been doing this since before we was born, literally, bro. Like, and then it they sucks. Yeah, they were. It sucks because, like, yeah, like I said, you store the words out of my mouth. They let the world down. Like, the Lions have a way of doing stuff that, not, matter of fact, Detroit teams, no shade, all shade, but just have a way of doing this to where the, it ain't just a loss. Like, especially, don't get me started. Don't get me started. Well, we stayed won that game that night. That's what that was the problem. So it's the Pistons win, Lions blow game. That's probably what conspiracy theory. Dun, 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 dun. We had to sacrifice one Detroit team for the other. Right, and it's just can't they, have them all. I mean, I, mean, they, I don't know. They even got me believing because if you know me in my personal life, like you would, some people would consider me a Detroit team hater, and I would agree because we've been. 
I can't say the word. We've sucked so for a very long time. No. Well, I don't watch baseball. One, I don't watch baseball. But two, they suck too. Sometimes they suck too. But that, man. Do you, you have you a Tiger's hat? So very fun fact. So very fun fact. Like I mentioned, my dad, at least he retired from being a Lions fan because they do stuff like this. But he's a pretty big Detroit team fan. And when I was shopping for that, shopping for my hat, I was joking. Like, hey, can I get like, I was joking. Like, can I get a different, that color from like a different state? He looked at me like, stop playing with me. <laughs> so yeah but also um just in general this again sports wise i could talk about detroit teams angrily for a while but just that night i i let some emotions ride that night. somebody made a joke was like they was just really scared of a ghetto super bowl for real just imagine baltimore and oh, detroit in the super bowl wow. oh man we, it would have been crazy and yeah. usher performing and usher oh yeah they like oh no we can't let these because I have the Super Bowl. And so, yo. So. I don't remember that hat. I mean. That, that, you, say, you actually say the word. So, yeah. But that, that's what they would say. Hey, that's my words, bro. They like, no, we're not about to let these. Wow. They, we're not about to celebrate like that, bro. They had, they had to cut it short, bro. They no, like, man. oh, yeah, we got to get bro. them out of there. What is but, wrong with you, bro? What is wrong with you? Let me stop. Now, hey, I'm, hey, I'm just caught. Don't shoot the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. But no, really, just even if you came from blank, the Lions, just they just have a way of doing it, man. But with the Super Bowl approaching, it's actually, by the time we're recording this on Friday, so it's going to be on Sunday, it's going to be out after the Super Bowl. So we'll see who really win. I don't know um, if y'all got um, winners or predictions about that, but I just genuinely feel, I've felt this way since the middle of the season, that there's no excuse for the 49ers not to win. I mean, this team is stacked. And really, that's just it. The team is stacked. I don't feel like the Chiefs got nobody to stop Christian McCaffrey. But on the other hand, it's a bad man on the Chiefs. Number 15 and tra- number 87, Travis Kelsey. And they got the Taylor Swift effect. They they are, they already got everything in their favor. And they got a lot of history behind their back. By the way, just to, let me say something pretty quick. Some of y'all is really sexist in this world. Like, Taylor Swift being shown during the games is not that big of a deal. Yeah, Get off her back. And by the way, they they put out a stat that says she's gotten over like three. They, the NFL has earned over $300 million just from her presence. I would be shifting the camera towards her too. Like, listen, get on her every time. So, but but if y'all a real football fan, leave her alone. Like when it was Travis Kelsey's brother Jason, y'all was all for it. So let let's not do that. But with that being said, I got one more thing I want to uh, talk about, and then we can get out of here. And again, Brad, thank you if you can still manage to keep all this and use this for the YouTube. But um, two of us specifically, more so Demonte, since he's our guest. But we got some wrestling fans, and three, me included, at the table. So just. I don't know if you've seen, if both of y'all have seen all the news. Even Jada, I'm pretty sure you've seen the news with, like, the unfortunate part of it, the Vince McMahon stuff, but also just uh, WrestleMania. We're in WrestleMania season. Let's talk about it. So, yeah, we don't got to discuss. Y'all, if you know, you know about Vince. He's not there no more, so he's not even relevant to the company. But with just your, give your thoughts on it a little bit. Yeah, no, I do. It's the Vince McMahon. It's the But, yeah, so just, it's WrestleMania season. Just give your thoughts on it in general at all. After yeah. what the Rock said yesterday, man, let, listen, let's talk. So, do you, you want to get context? Uh, I think you could get better context. So, to give context, and mind you, this storyline has been so great; it's brought me back into wrestling. To okay. give a little bit of background, like this was my like anime and wrestling, my childhood. Like I stopped watching wrestling consistently very recently in my life. I think like right before the pandemic, if I were to give like a guess. But this was a big part of my childhood to the point where, like, like my grand, like a lot of the males in my family watched uh, WWE at the time when it was WWF wrestling, 
And like my granddad, one of my granddads who passed away, rest in peace to my granddad, he had like a lot of tapes, like wrestling tapes. I would sit and watch every single one. It's part of the reason why Stone Cold Steve Austin is my favorite wrestler of all time. Then get the beard, man. Oh, man. But um, it was a big part of my childhood and it was important to me. But as time went on, it kind of went through, they kind of went through some rough patches and then I just got older, so I didn't watch it no more. But I had Wrestling Man, I had the whole, the ring, I had like a lot of ring. I, it was but all. But you have a belt though. Yeah, of course. I had like okay, WWE right. champion. Hold on, matter of fact, let me look at the camera. WWE champion, intercontinental champion, US. I was oh, all yeah, of it. I was all of it. Listen, I I didn't have like the tag team title, but I had so I was the champion. But I think I so fun, very fun fact. I had the gold world heavyweight championship belt, and my wrestling name back then was Mister Excellent, bro. That was my name. I wrote it on the belt. I'm like, listen, this this who this who I am. But to give context about what's recently happened, so right now. What's going on is the this centered around a few wrestlers, but the main wrestler is around around. His name is Cody Rhodes. He comes from a historic family, the Rhodes family. Mm-hmm. I think, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Dusty Rhodes he yeah. from Michigan mm-hmm. or like something know. like that? So, I, please double correct, uh, check that. But I think their father, who has passed away, I think he has something to do with Michigan or just in general. But while they look up to uh, fact check me to correct me or uh, not, or to confirm to correct or confirm me, but. Um, they come from a royal family, and Cody Rhodes is, I think, uh, the youngest of the he's from three. Austin, Texas. Yeah. Austin, Texas. So yeah, my bad on that. Thank <laughs> y'all for fact checking me on that. I heard something about it's something dusty. I think I'll try and find what I'm talking about later. But Cody Rhodes, they come from a historic family, and Cody Rhodes' trajectory in the business has been kind of up and down. He started off as an up and coming superstar, and then he ended up getting, or he ended up, I don't know if he got released or he just left the company mm-hmm. for a few years. I think they say he left or was released in 2016. And then he went on to help, I think, found a competing wrestling organization known as AEW, All Elite Wrestling. And he was there for a while. And while, by the way, while this is all happening, a wrestler by the name of Roman Reigns is getting rose up in the business. Like, they're putting him in big matches. He beat The Undertaker. I think he was the second person to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. They're trying to make him the face of the company, but it wasn't really sticking for some people. I actually always liked Roman Reigns and The Shield. Like that. But when The Shield came on to WWE, him, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins... Crazy. As y'all can see, similar to anime, if you know me, I can geek out about this for hours. But, so, they're trying to build him up to the uh, start of the company, but it isn't really sticking until the pandemic. So, from my understanding, I don't even know the whole, whole story of it, but when the pandemic arrived, they put the title on Roman Reigns, and he just felt more comfortable getting into his character. He started, he called himself the tribal chief, and he was beating everybody, and it got to a point where he'd even get an egotistical and be like, acknowledge me, like, I am your tribal chief. And the crowd, even like, booing him. Cussing them out. And a fun fact I didn't even peep to realize in wrestling is they like booze. And I, at first I was thinking, like, why would y'all like to be booed? And the, the explanation I was given was that it's engaging. We're trying to engage the crowd. So whether they're cheering or booing, if the crowd is into it, big business. So with big business comes Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm pretty sure everybody in this room, everybody listening know who Dwayne The Rock what Johnson the is. It's good. It's man. <laughs> no, no, don't get me started. But so The Rock... As we all know at this point in his life, he's an actor. He's a really big, famous guy. And he started off in the wrestling. I'm pretty sure he started off in wrestling. He ended up getting in Hollywood. So people consider him a part-timer. He part, he comes to WWE sometimes and does what he wants to do and then leave out. Some people don't take a liking to that. So how this all ties in between Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, and The Rock is they want Cody Rhodes to finish his story. So he ended up leaving AEW, I think, a few years ago. And he made his return to the WWE in the Royal Rumble match. And he won the Royal Rumble match. Meaning that the winner of that match gets to challenge the um, champion at WrestleMania. He challenged Roman Reigns. And 
one of the big uh, common themes of Roman Reigns' matches is his, the bloodline. His family is going to always interfere and have him win the match. And that's what they did in that match against Cody. Cody loses. So now from last year up until now, the whole thing has been finishing his story. He's going to get that rematch with Roman. He's going to beat Roman Reigns, and he's going to finish his story. He's going to get the title that they took away from his dad and do all that. So as we're building up to that story, they throw in little things from here and there. They had a face-off. They have a little beef, all this, etc. It gets to January of uh, last uh, or last month, and the Royal Rumble is back again. And at this time now, another big wrestler by the name of CM Punk, Chicago made Punk, returns, and now he's here to finish his story. And now we're having this dynamic of it was so crazy. They consider CM Punk told him that um, eventually now you're in a situation to where. Another big star is back that hasn't been here for a long time, and he's here to take your position at the top. He was alluding. (laughs) He was alluding to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who did the same thing to CM Punk some few years ago. CM Punk was the main champion, and the Rock just decided to randomly come back. He took the title from CM Punk, and he took CM Punk's WrestleMania event. And CM Punk is quoted saying, and I'm pretty sure it's. I think this is a fact that this wasn't scripted. He was like, the fact that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's at Wrestle main event in WrestleMania, and I'm not. This is me off. And they was like, whoa, and he ended up leaving the company after all that. So now we get to the Royal Rumble. Fast forward, CM Punk and Cody Rhodes are the last two. Cody Rhodes throws CM Punk over the top rope, wins the Royal Rumble again. We like, oh, bet, Cody about to finish his story. He gets on the top rope, points to Roman Reigns. We like, oh, bet, we get in this matchup. We, he going to finish his story. They even put Cody Rhodes on the cover of the newest 2K game, and they're, they're uh, marketing it as finishing your story. So we like, bet, he going to do it. Out of nowhere, randomly. Dwayne The Rock Johnson comes back and takes the match from Cody Rhodes. He comes back. He's like, hey, I'm The Rock. I'm doing what I'm doing. And they made Cody Rhodes. It seemed as like he was giving the match to The Rock. They had Cody Rhodes come on SmackDown Roman Reigns. And he was like, I'm going to finish my story. I'm going to fight you for the title. Just not at WrestleMania. And then The Rock's music come out. He come out. When I tell you the world was outraged, like, people were so furious. You got people cussing The Rock out. F Triple H. F The Rock. F The Company. Out. So, getting real wrought up about it. Triple H? What are you saying? Because he done, because they think like since he, shut up, 50 Cent. They're saying since he's the COO or the main guy, they're like, why are you letting this happen? Which, yeah. Another part of this story, and to actually get to the press conference yesterday or the day before, The Rock is now on the board of directors of uh, uh, Wrestle at WWE. So, how messy they are. Like, to, ma- to get to make a state news for it to make sense to the state news people. So imagine. You got Chris, and then you got Jeremy Steele on the board. The Rock is Jeremy Steele. The Rock is Jeremy Steele right now. The Rock is Jeremy? Yeah, The Rock is Jeremy right now. So I said it to say. like that? The Rock? Yeah, no, like, you say he about to fight, but he just still sitting on the board of directors? Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, we're about to fight. Actually, no. no we're not going to do that. Now so, I'm just picturing The Rock with a really stupid bow tie. Oh yeah, like Jeremy. Shut up. I like his both eyes. But <laughs> so part of the story now, they're saying The Rock is since he's on the board, he technically he's above Triple H because he's on the board. They're saying he can he's coming in and do whatever he wants to. He say I want to be in the main event WrestleMania. God darn it, well, I'm gonna be in the he main said, event it's WrestleMania. It's my show. Right, that's what he's saying. So now the press conference yesterday, it was a while to uh, we're thinking like Cody. Even though he let The Rock get in the match, he never officially made his choice of who he was gonna fight at WrestleMania, and they have been teasing it like, oh, he still hasn't decided. So then. He posts on Instagram, I made my decision. So we get to, by the way, I can't say what he posted, but Drew McIntyre, another wrestler, posted a quote tweet to that uh, message. It was a very funny gif telling him pretty much to shut it. It was a rock. It, if you know the gif, it was the rock saying, shut up. And then he had, he said a cuss word. But he's stupid. So we get to the press conference, and then um, 
it's uh, Seth Rollins, another champion there. He's talking, and then he calls out Cody Rhodes because he was asking Cody to fight him at WrestleMania because he feels Roman isn't worth his time, and et cetera, et cetera. So then instead of Cody coming out, Roman Reigns comes out, completely buries Seth Rollins. Like, oh, you love, bro. Your title don't mean nothing. I choose, And I run things around here, so I choose The Rock as my opponent. The Rock comes out. He's like, now listen to me. I don't care about the Cody crybabies. I don't care about nobody who wants him to finish his story. I'm The Rock, and we go have the biggest match at WrestleMania. And then he put, they had a big poster of the bloodline, and it's actually pretty sick. So The Rock and Roman Reigns are, like, in real life, I'm pretty sure, related. And the whole bloodline is just all the wrestlers that are related in their family. And then he says, quote, we are the only royal family in wrestling. And obviously, as you know, if that's not true, Cody Rhodes literally comes out and was like, this some bull. <laughs> and they, the crowd like, oh, it's Cody. So long story short with this whole story, Cody picked Roman Reigns to fight at WrestleMania, despite what The Rock or Roman Reigns wanted. And then Roman Reigns started talking to Cody like, you know what? You are embarrassing to yourself and your dad. And they was like, whoa. They was like, whoa. whoa. And it's so crazy how they bring in, like, real life and acting, because his dad's actually dead. So he just bringing yeah. that, like, you are embarrassment to your dad. And then Cody, like, you know, you want to talk about family? If your grandfather, and they looked at The Rock, and if your grandfather was here, your they'd granny? be disappointed in both of y'all. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and right, he was like, they'd be disappointed in both of y'all. So then The Rock was like, he walked up, he was like, stuck his hand out, he was like, now listen, when you talk about his family, you talk about my family. When you talk about his blood, you talk about my blood. So now we have a problem and slapped them across the face and the whole the day they started trying to fight and they had to break it up. It was crazy. And the, and the night ended off Triple H. They interviewed Triple H because, again, he's the boss, quote unquote. And then he was giving an interview and The Rock walked up. It was like with Roman Reigns. And he was like, you have to fix this. And Triple H was like, it was out of line. And you know, he's like, it wasn't out of line. If we talk about my family again, either you fix it or we go fix it. I'm going to slap the the taste out of his mouth. He didn't say taste, but he's like, I'm going to slap the taste out of his mouth. And then the night ends it. So just all of that in general, it's really, it's such interesting word to be in. Because obviously this is another thing. This isn't for everybody. And then one of the main criticisms is like, oh, this junk is fake. Why do you like this type of stuff? And somebody made a great uh, uh, example. They was like, okay. Or they even, they made parts of the example, but part of the example that even I would just give is just like, people, that's like ask somebody why they like Marvel movies. Like, if you read the comics, you know what's going to happen. You know who Thanos is. You know who these people are. But just like when you go to the movies, I mean, you know it's not real. It's still, it's just entertainment. Mm -hmm. So, but again, it's not for everybody. Reality shows. And right, reality. Exactly. (laughs) I ain't ain't going to talk about it. But listen, and I like baddies. But if you like baddies and don't like WWE, you just, it's the same thing. But, um... Regardless, just to end this episode, because I know again, Brad, he's gonna, we we both got to do some editing things. Just for uh, you two, and then I'll say I said one of mine. But who y'all some of y'all favorite wrestlers growing up? If you want to go first, Shakira. Lawrence, uh, okay, of course you have John Cena. I know that's a little bit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and can the course, camera see us? Can the? I don't think they can. Like, I don't think <laughs> I don't they can. They can. <laughs> but but um, another one is Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Bro, I love her. And then another one, it has to be Dolph Ziggler. I don't know. What you know about? What you know? Show off. What you mean? I'm just saying. He's on, also in. Me. Well, I think he's went to I think TNA now, which yeah. is crazy. But yeah, that, that's a good lineup. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. you want to go Demonte? Okay. Oh, yo, yes. listen. There's a clip. Demonte's so silly. He showed us a clip of Vince McMahon saying the N word. Oh. He walked up to John Cena oh, was like, gosh. keep it up. Like, and then you just they pan the Booker T like, did he just did say? He say? It? Did I have to <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. The WWE was wild back then. 
We were yeah. talking about a white man saying the N word. Wait, crazy. he's white? Yes, this yeah. is a white. They, they yeah. was crazy. They was doing some wild stuff back in the. Yeah, WWE the, back then. I, yeah, okay. Mm, like they, the farther back you go, the worse it was. Yeah, they was, they was unfiltered. <laughs> but yeah, just some of my favorite wrestlers other than Stone Cold Steve Austin. It would be John Cena. The Ultimate Warrior is another wrestler. He was my dad's favorite wrestler. He put me hip. And he cut one of the, I feel, one of the best promos of all time. To cut the story short, he was diagnosed, I think, he was diagnosed with a sickness. I think it was cancer, but he was diagnosed with a pretty terminal illness. And he came on Raw one night talking about how you never got to get up. No matter what happens, you always got to push through it. And even if I'm not here, make sure you always feel what the Ultimate Warrior feels and keep moving on. And the very next day, he died. And that just, like, the, to have a promo like that, it was so, it was almost, it was just eerie because it felt like he knew what was going to happen. So when you got wrestlers like that, and even, I wouldn't put Vincent in one of my favorites, but, like, The Rock and just all these people, it's just entertainment. And it's very entertaining, and it's very cool when they kind of tie in, like, the term they use is kayfabe, so faking it, and then, like, real-world aspects, and then they bring people in, like, Bad Bunny was in wrestling, Logan Paul is in wrestling. Nah, it's just so, so, re- no, I personally which way? Which one? Let, hold on. Let, I mean, I don't <laughs> if that. I have my mouth, pass me the prime bottle real quick. Pass me the prime bottle real quick to your right. You know, with like all the uncles sitting. No, the prime bottle. The prime bottle. Yeah, matter of fact, hold on. I said no. Not sponsored. No, we are not sponsored right now. Not sponsored. But let me cut a. Matter of fact, let me let me cut a segment. This is for the What's on Your Mind podcast. The best drink on the market by two of the best content creators in the world. Two of the one of the best wrestlers in the world. Logan Paul and KSI. Let me cut my promo. Two seconds ago, you said, hand me that. If I had known that that was me and my Logan Paul, I would not have handed you that. Give me that oh. back right now. No, pride, shout out, Pride. Oh. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I mean, you still got KSI. You know, he, he's yeah. a great man. KSI. Yeah. KSI got his controversy to it. To give well, a, yeah, before that's... I cut this promo with Demonte, to give a more serious outlook on just who Logan Paul is an individual. He's done oh. a lot of... Just dumb stuff. I don't even yeah. know. I was trying to be politically correct. Unnecessary. Just don't like... And then... <laughs> He just did too much. Yeah, a lot. And one of the reasons one of the reasons why at least I can still be a fan of him currently is because it seems as though with all the BS that even sometimes he still do, it seems like he never BSs that situation. He when he talks from what I've heard him talk about, he's like, it was a very I'm paraphrasing, it was a very dumb thing, it was a very heartless thing to do, and it just wasn't okay. So for him to take that, then I'm not somebody, I try not to hold things, especially if I don't know you in real life anyway, it's just not that deep, but to hold those things that you've done like 10, 5, 5, 10 years ago to you forever, so obviously that's not always the case, like once a race is always a racist, mm. once another R word, always that R word, if you can imagine what I'm talking about, but just, so it varies, but yeah, so to cut this promo with Demonte, so you said you don't feel he's a real wrestler, when, have you seen his matches? Yeah, I have, I okay. was actually at uh, Summer School you what? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Actually, my brother went to. I'm so jealous because I was in Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. <laughs> but how was it? It was great up until that match. Ah, uh, uh, okay. All right. Miss Paul, he cheated. He had the. Um, <laughs> Listen, he did what he had to. He did what he had to do. Uh, he did what he had to do. But I will say, he blatantly cheated. By the way, this man had brass knuckles oh, yeah, and punched him in the face. And yeah. hey, yo, I will right. say, hey, yo, <laughs> off topic. Uh, I won't dive into it. Because mm-hmm. the thing, but I think the one thing I don't like about the WWE as a whole mm-hmm. is um, basically what happened with Owen Hart. Um, Whoa, yeah, you are. We yeah. getting deep now. Like, to give, or I'll let you fit, huh? You said we're getting deep, baby. Yeah, no, you can. Shout out going deeper. But, um, yeah, to give context, he was, this is a wrestler um, um, <coughs> who passed away on the job, and he, 
one of his big things was he'd be on the uh what's the what's the ropes? It was um um I know what you're talking yeah. about. I forget the name Zipline. I think Zipline, I think it was Zipline. Either way, he was yeah. very high in the sky and due to the equipment not being up to par how it should be, or just a malfunction, a very freakish accident, he fell from the sky and unfortunately landed and passed away. And then once you take into account that situation and then how the company did Bret Hart, if you know of any wrestling lore, uh, Vince McMahon said, I didn't screw Bret, Bret screwed Bret. And it was just with that situation with his brother and then it, it's called the, uh, I'm pretty sure it's called the, either the Vince McMahon screw job or one of the things, but just in a lot of these situations, uh, pause, <laughs> yeah, you silly, pause, but just in general, just RP on our heart, and then well, uh, I'll let you end it off, uh, Demonte here, with just the, I don't know if he's making a point, just bringing it up, but. Oh, no, uh, just like, I don't think bringing Logan Paul is controversial, mm-hmm. but Logan Paul is a controversial person, and, you know, that, that's, that's just a What's a common theme, and WWE, I feel, does a better job at it than other core, uh, businesses, but they tend not to hold their some of their biggest stars responsible. Like, if you go towards the NBA, they still, and I'll just leave it at this. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. I'll explain it to them after we do our recording. But they still sponsor Karl Malone. Matter of fact, I always say I won't go talk about it. He got a 13-year-old pregnant. But they still sponsor Karl Malone as if Sorry, it didn't happen. Funny, so... Yeah, and it's just, I'm assuming the way they laugh, just based on how I delivered the yeah, message. What are you talking just, about? Yeah. You gotta th- no, the whole situation is yeah. not funny. I'm not laughing. No, I get why they're laughing. No, and they're obviously not laughing. No, yeah, not at all. Them. But just, they support him. And then the WWE has done a good job at not supporting this individual. But Hulk Hogan, I, just, only reason I'm not going to call him the R word is because of just <laughs> how the podcast is. But oh, he don't like black people. Let's just talk yeah. about it like that. But yeah, and yet, and I never liked them. But you know, yet, obje- if I speak about it objectively, he did a lot for the company. But people like this, or people like, um, like another thing in WWE is just they don't they have shown. I'm not gonna speak for them, but they don't really show that they care about people using steroids or other things of that nature. By the way, a very interesting conversation we had was if The Rock was on steroids. I'm gonna just let y'all think about that. Yay. He, according to research, he says he's natural, so I don't know him. He, oh, he's just a huge yay. man, <laughs> but. Oh, with that being no pause, <laughs> I, I did not have pause, bro. That, that so what's this to say? That's a big boy right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pause, but pause. no, not even pause. Stop the recording. Yeah. <laughs> well, the computer did that for about yeah, twenty oh, minutes. Yeah. Ago. But it's been well over an hour. So. Right, yeah, and that's why I'm ending it now. Uh, Demonte, if you want to say one more thing, um, I would. Um, and it's really on the serious note. Okay. Um, so for. Anyone who don't know, um, by the time this episode goes up, um, it would have been one year, um, the one year anniversary of the February 13th tragedy. Uh, I'm not sure if the camera's still on. Could you specifically say what happened? The camera's on, but I think you should speak up because it's going to be harder to pick you up. Oh, yeah. Could you specifically say what the tragedy was? Because I saw something in Slack that made a great point of like, we, just like with the Monkey Day situation, we Mm -hmm. tend not to say what it was. So, right. Fortunately, on February 13th, unfortunately, three students, unfortunately, lost their lives when the government came on campus. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, five injured, correct? Or more injured, yes. yes. Um, But Tuesday, um, I'm sorry, it's emotional, but um, their names are Brian, Alex, and Alex. Brian. Ariel Alexandra, sorry. Um, but 
Tuesday would be the one year anniversary of the what happened. Uh, not sure when the episode is going up, but we just want to personally say just take care of yourself. Um, take care of others around you. Um, I want to personally let you know that your feelings are valid. Uh, everything that you experienced that day, uh, for Porter or not, that goes for pretty much everyone in this room, it's all valid. Uh, there's no handbook to basically how to get through the heartbreak that is still there. I still feel in my heart. But I just want to say, just keep, continue to keep their families and your thoughts and prayers. Continue to keep the five students in your thoughts and prayers. And just be kind to yourself that day. So. Please do. I couldn't say it more beautifully myself. I won't get into the details mm-hmm. to get it too triggering. But this news office is very close to where it happened that day. Especially if we're in references to the union, which thing they're right across the street. So and, and, and so it's it's just tragic that we have to say that we lived through a school shooting and people lives were lost and way more were injured. One student, if I'm not more one person, if I'm not mistaken, was paralyzed. I don't know if it's permanently paralyzed, but shout out James Harden. Actually, the guy it was James Harden it was his favorite player, and James Harden met him, brought him out to the game, gave him some shoes. None of that brings his walking back. None of that unparalyzed him. So. It's just, it's very disheartening and disappointing and just sad that that's something we've lived through and it's also something that people did not get a chance to live through. So whatever you have to do, I think I'm glad the university has canceled classes that day and they're going to make sure even throughout that week certain things are going to be had. And no classwork is to be given out either too. Yeah, so it's just, it really sucks. It truly sucks, especially with how close we were in proximity, not even just in this newsroom, but me, Jada, Specifically, just how close we were that day and just how it affected everything. Mm-hmm. It sucks, but our job as reporters is to tell this story and to acknowledge that it's like not it was a school shooting. This happened. Lives were lost and their story will forever be told and their memories will always be uh, remembered. And Michigan State is still always going to continue and move forward no matter what. Mm-hmm. But it sucks that this is something that this is just another wound that this university has had to survive through, whether it be racism, death, sexual assault, this, that's a whole other thing that is a problem here on this campus. The people like us in this room and the people who talk about it move forward with it. And we acknowledge and express that all of your stories are heard and we care. And that it's very valid, like Demonte said, to feel what you feel and to heal however you need to. With that being said, Thank you, Elle, for being in here and helping us record this episode and, and even in, uh, showing that the recording has stopped. Thank you to Brad, who sets up the cameras and helps me edit this. Thank you to the people who have listened to this uh, point. Thank you, Demonte, once again, for being here. Like I was referring to Elle earlier, thank uh, you to Shakira, Jada, and Samaya for this podcast even being a thing. I'm very grateful to be a part of this platform. And this has been All Shades of Chocolate, where we brought the sweetest, the hottest, black, black culture at MSU. MSU. And remember to stay sweet. Bye. Thank you.